Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Carry On Friends, the Caribbean American podcast. And if this is the first time tuning in, I'm your host, Carrie Ann. And in this episode, my guest, who is also a friend of mine, stopped by to talk about sports and technology. Now, 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 don't tune out, don't stop. This is going to be a really interesting conversation because he and his team at a major telecommunications company are on the cutting edge of technology and applying this technology to create immersive fan audience experience. And then we talk about the Caribbean, all right, because this is the Caribbean American podcast. And so we talk about what are the opportunities for the Caribbean to begin to leverage some of this technology. So. Before we get to this interview, let's get to the Breadfruit Minute. So Breadfruit Media is my podcast production company, and the Breadfruit Minute is a quick segment where I share what's coming up on the other shows in the Breadfruit Media family. I'm extremely proud of the work that we are doing on these shows, and I hope you get to check this one out. So in this installment of the Breadfruit Minute, the spotlight is on Strictly Facts, a guide to Caribbean history and culture hosted by soon-to-be Dr. Alexandria Miller. And the episode on Caribbean language is such an amazing episode where it talks about the history of the Caribbean language, you know, fact or myth. Did the slaves fail to speak proper English and is what we're speaking broken English? Why do the Trinis have a little sing-song accent? All of these things we touch on and more in that episode. But also because Strictly Facts and Carry On Friends release new episodes in the same week, this week's episode is going to be a good one. It talks about the history of Caribbean style and fabric. So if you've heard of the madras and the bandana, you'll hear a little bit of the history of that. And how we explore that style and this idea of a national dress. So check out that episode. And yeah, we go a little bit further into the modern age dancehall style. So check out Strictly Facts. Check out the language episode and make sure you follow Strictly Facts to check out the new episode dropping this week on Caribbean fabrics and style. All right. So that's it for this edition of the Breadfruit Minute. I will include links to Strictly Facts in the show notes. Now it's time to get to our main topic. Marlon, welcome to the podcast, Bambili. Finally, glad to have you on the show. How are you? Hey, Carrie, it's good to be with you. And yes, finally, it's been a long time, long time coming. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. All right. So, Tell the community of friends a little bit about who you are, what you do, and of course, Caribbean country you represent. Well, definitely representing Montego Bay, Jamaica. Yes, yes. (laughs) Jamaican by birth, blood and everything else. It's who I am. Went to, and let's just start with that. So grew up in Jamaica, went to high school in Jamaica, went to Monroe College, and then did a one year at Cornwall College before Coming over to the U.S. in this cold country, and uh, I am an engineer. I have a, a bachelor's in electrical computer engineering, a master's in computer science. Studied at Rutgers, did some master's work at Columbia University, then went over to Stevens. And I have 
a mini NBA from Rutgers. So quite a few things just from an acad- academia standpoint. So been there. And of course, you know, just being Jamaican, education is something that's so key and it's it's just entrenched in us. So that's that's probably why you, you, you heard all those different schoolings and teachings, if you will. And I work for Verizon now. I lead a, a product team at Verizon that's that's focused particularly on sports, sports and technology. And that's a mouthful, and I'm sure we'll dive a bit more into what all that is. But it's an exciting time, especially now with all the technologies that have, you know, they've rolled out to the market. And we talk about the four, the not even the 4G, I'm going to say 5G, but the fourth industrial revolution. That, that's how we're terming 5G, because it really introduces and creates a lot of opportunities that we're just now touching the surface. So. That is me. Love to swim, by the way. Let me go back to the Montego Bay days. I love my swimming. You know, I tell people when we were growing up in Montego Bay, we didn't have the malls and all of that. We go to the beach and we go to the house parties. So music, good food, and the beach. That's the lifestyle. Dr. Scave, I tell everybody when I go back to Jamaica, Dr. Scave is the office. Meet me at the office. <laughs> it really is. It really is. I'm going to steal that, Kerry. Meet me at the office. <laughs> nice. I'll take that from you. Yes, yes, yes. So, I mean, you said a lot. Um, Let's go back to what you do, particularly at Verizon. And I'm curious about why 5G is the fourth industrial revolution. So whichever one you want to pick up on, I'm I'm already. Yeah, man. So let's start with the fourth industrial revolution. What 5G really is, is bringing to to the table for us all is high bandwidth. What I mean by that, I'm going to use analogies like uh, an information highway. So we look at or even our cars right now, our highways, we look at them five lane, six lane highway. We look at 5G, we're saying, you know what, we're going to go from these five lane type highways where we can drive our cars, but we'll go to maybe something like a 500 lane highway. And so when you think about that, we really, over the previous years, we've been able to go through our 1Gs and all of that, but now you get to a place like 5G and you see this exponential growth. And so we think to ourselves as, as technologists, what can you do with that sort of information, right? So we have the high bandwidth. We have now, when we, when we couple 5G with something like the edge computing that goes along with that, you get into this idea of low latency. So how do you get, and I'll just make it very, just dumb it down, just the response time in what you're asking for, how quickly can you get that back, right? So when you look at things now like, Okay, you have a super highway. You have this this way in which you can quickly get your calculations and computations back to you, so you can do whatever you need to do with it. It just brings about this vast opportunity. You look at things like autonomous vehicles. You wouldn't be able to do those kinds of things before because you needed this kind of highway. You needed these kind of quick quick uh, computations with five G and the edge computing combined together. That's why we're saying this is the fourth industrial revolution. Because now you can do autonomous driving vehicles, even flying vehicles, robotic surgery. You can stay right here in the U.S. and do, uh, you know, a doctor can be here, a surgeon can be here and operate on a patient in Africa or wherever. Because these are the kinds of things that when you look at the use cases, when you look at the, the numbers, these are the, the, the possibilities. So completely different from where we've been in the last couple of years and decades, right? So hence the term, the fourth industrial revolution. And there are many more use cases when you actually um, dig into it. And then to answer your other question, 
uh, Verizon. So what I'm doing, I lead a, a product engineering team. It's a cross-functional team. And when I say cross-functional, I look at it as, okay, I've done the engineering, I've done the technical work, but now you're in a more entrepreneurial environment because you're working with legal, you're working with your finance people, you're working with your sponsorship teams, your, your business people, your designers. And the end goal really is this fourth industrial revolution. You have 5G and you have uh, MEC and you, you, know, you look at sports and that same question comes again. What can you do with that? So that's what our team is responsible for doing. It's just like what we did with the NFL. What can we do for these leagues and these teams and you know, bringing about new products and new, new ideas so we can attract new fans and retain the fans in the venues and in the stadiums and also grow the revenue for the businesses so the people who are the venue owners. You know, we have this thing where we, when we talk about the, the games and the venues. It also now becomes an attraction. What, what do you do with these venues besides just going and watching the games? These are establishments that are sitting there, multi-million dollar establishments. So you think about that, and that's what my team does. Come up with these ideas, partner with the right you know, innovators, if you will, and leverage the 5G and the mech and those technologies to bring about a cohesive experience that enhances everything else I've just said. Wow. You said a lot, and we're going to break it down. But um, I'm glad you brought up the NFL because you were a part. Your team was a huge part of the Super Bowl. Um, so tell me a little bit about the work that your team did along with the NFL for the Super Bowl. Awesome. So Verizon has a partnership with the NFL, where again it's about innovation, technology, fan experience, the venue experience. My team was responsible for bringing about the in-stadium. Actually, we did the in-stadium and the out-of-stadium experience this year. Simply, The latter is simply because of COVID. So traditionally, we like to go into the venues because that's where our 5G technologies are deployed. That's where you can go in and get your ultra-wideband <laughs> you know, speed on your devices, which opens up all these possibilities. But we also had to solve for fans not really being in the stadium this year, so we had to do some out-of-stadium experiences there. But in essence, what we did, we brought about the Verizon 5G Super Stadium product, which includes multi, and I'll, I'll explain all these, a multi-camera angle experience. It in, in also included the augmented reality experience, as well as what we call a portal experience, being able to, and I'll, I'll go into them. So let me start with the multi-cam. The multi-camera experiences, again, because of 5G and these technologies, a low latency solution, meaning you can go into that venue with this, this application or product on your mobile device. And what we've done is we took multiple angles from the venue, right? The venue has over 100, maybe 200 plus camera angles, but we've selected the best ones that we bring, then bring to the, to the device for the fans. And what you're able to do in almost near real time is watch the angle of your choice from your device. So if you're sitting in the nosebleed, obviously this device then gives you a, a different purview because you're seeing seven angles. You can see a close-up of the, the quarterback or, you know, you get to watch the game from multiple perspectives because of all these angles that we're bringing in. But the key thing, it has to be low latency. And that's so, where all those te technologies comes in as well. So let me interrupt you because mm -hmm. I think I get a visual. So this is like when I put in the directions on my Google map and I can do a spin round to see all the angles. But instead of 
uh, uh, point in time when Google captured this image right. of this address, it is almost real time of what's happening in that particular NFL game. Exactly. Okay, got and, it. Right. And so what we, we coined that as then from a fan's perspective, you get to watch the, the game from an angle of your choice. Right. In addition to that, what we also did, the, the big highlights, the replays, one of the most important things when you're in a venue, it's all about the replays. Because you can watch the game live. You can see it. If you have a good seat, you can see it. How do you actually go back and relive that moment, that touchdown, that that interception? So in that experience as well, what we were doing, we were also bringing to the, to the fans in that device, in that experience, these, these highlights, these big plays, where you can then know at your disposal or whatever given time you can go into while you're in the game, go back and relive those moments, pick up those highlights, watch them again in that same multi-camera angle. So it's almost like watching that replay, but you're seeing it again from multiple perspectives, right? Again, all the 5G and the low latency and other things that go on behind that. So that was us as well. Augmented reality, we have, uh, so this idea of volumetric capture, where Kerry, I can bring into a volumetric studio and out comes a 3D asset of Kerry. I can rotate you. I can do all sorts of things. Now you're like this avatar, but you're 3D. With that technology, what we did was we captured a bunch of NFL athletes prior to the, the kickoff of the season. And we paired them up nicely in the games with, you know, with their teams. And the experience there is that when you're watching the game and there's a highlight, now you can actually celebrate with that experience or with that point in time. So if it's a touchdown and we have, let's say, you know, maybe Tom Brady as a volumetric um, athlete, as an asset, I can pull him up. I can put him in the living room. I can put him anywhere in the stadium because it's a 3D asset. I can then also take an image of myself on my video and I can put myself right next. I can immerse myself right next to that athlete and capture that. And I can take it to social media, right? So that was also interesting because AR, as we know it, it's really a, a, a huge thing. It's going to change so many things. And again, fourth industrial revolution will help us to get there. The last one was a portal experience where, as folks may know, the 360 camera angles, we recorded various areas of the venue because again if you are in the venue you don't necessarily get to see every part of the venue every part of the stadium so with a 360 camera angle and the vod video on demand assets i can bring into a locker room i can give you a 360 experience you can actually rotate that device it's your control and you can look around whether it's locker room the, the team coming out of the the tunnel whatever the case may be so you combine all that, and that was the 5G Super Stadium experience, and that was what the team delivered. That's the team I led, and it turned out to be a success at the at the game, at the Super Bowl. And, and mind you, we also tested some of these things throughout the season. We must have tested 60 games, Kerry. I think every weekend I was here going through the, the Sunday games, the Monday games, testing out this product, and finally made its way to the Super Bowl. Marlon, you said a lot. And let me tell you, I'm going to keep saying that because I'm going to reiterate. So basically, this new technology, this uh -huh. 5G with edge computer, make everything just making me, for simplistic <laughs> words, have a very immersive experience. That's right. And I'm sitting here saying, boy, where was this technology when you seen Bolt had done the place and I need to watch it again from the starting block? I want to watch it from the top the back, the side, and when he's coming to the finish line, like I want to be able to see every single thing because to this day, 
I have my favorite races that to this day I want to watch them over oh, again. Oh, in certain right. angles. <laughs> My favorite was in the Beijing Olympics when he oh, yes. handed that baton to um, Asafa and he tell Asafa to run. Like, <laughs> I I want to relive that moment over and over again. Oh, oh. Please. Yo, that was epic. Oh my goodness. Like, even talking about it right now, I'm super, super <laughs> excited about you know it. You know what? I have here. That's so exciting. I know that. I know, right? So, now let's transition this because... Mm-hmm. This is the Caribbean American podcast, and I wanted to kind of talk about where does the Caribbean fit in this industrial revolution? I mean, the Caribbean is just right at um, the U.S. back door, front door, side door. Yes, yes. And Mm -hmm. is this technology available in the Caribbean? And I mean... I'm sh- also I didn't mean I didn't ask you this, but before we get to the Caribbean, let me ask you this question: How has COVID accelerated innovation for the services, the experiences, mm-hmm. and even the technology? Um, how has COVID accelerated that? Because it's not a matter of whether it did. We know it did. It's just in what way? No, absolutely, great, great question, and and I actually go back to the the NFL initiative because I'll tell you, Carrie, last year, what are we knowing? February, last year this time, we weren't thinking of doing anything with regards to COVID and we're just focused on delivering an in-stadium experience. Lo and behold, I would say last year this time, and then maybe a month later, a few weeks later, we were given the mandate that, look, we now have to figure out something for fans out of the stadium because, again, due to COVID, they're not going to really be there. In, In fact, in some games last year, last season, they didn't have fans in the stadium at all. It was just the, the, the workers and people, you know, the essential workers that were there to get the game, you know, moving. And so to that question, it certainly accelerated because we then had to think of ways in which now, how do you, in our case, how do you take those video angles? How do you bring that AR experience? How do you bring that now to a device for someone that's sitting in who knows where? And so... In terms of the technology, we had to innovate. We had to figure out in real time, how do you actually do it? And how do you bring videos? How do you do a broadcast delay? How do you know? Because of that, there are rules and mandates around that carry. So you're taking video out of a stadium. Guess what? You better meet the FCC guidelines, right? You have to um, provide like the closed captioning. There are rules around those kinds of things. So for us, yes, we had to jump into the driver's seat and figure out how is it that we could bring those experiences in an immersive way and in a fun way to to, to the fans. So we had to do that. We had to uh, uh, lots again different technologies. You know, how do you actually solve for things like bro- the, not the broadcast but the the commercials? Because this is a whole different. So that was something we <laughs> the year before we did not even touch upon that whatsoever. So last year we had to figure out how do you actually. Um, do do the immersive commercials and how do you track them and do you report on what you've just done so that there are lots behind. But just to answer the question in a, in a short way, we had to innovate and we had to figure it out because Super Bowl was real and that's, that was the mandate. So And that's what we did. I can imagine that this technology, I mean, you're on the team for sports, but this is a technology that could be used in any area, concerts, you know, anything, right? So going back to the Caribbean, because I want to focus on this, where, you know, you're a baller, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the Caribbean is about ball and traffic. That's right. That's right. right. 
So you think about those things. We are also about concerts. You know, yeah. there's yeah. a Winoshata festival, Winoshata <laughs> party. <Yeah. laughs> And, and and what we saw, especially last year, you know, with the verses where, of course, you know, Jamaica yeah, done the place. That was, that was epic, man. That was great. Right? And we think of all these other experiences that, you know, the region has tried. I'm sure this technology could enhance these experiences, but I don't know. What does it take for this technology to be in the region? Is the region even set up to even have an infrastructure like this? Because we also know that through COVID, we understand that, you know, light, you have light, you have water bill, you have gas bill. No, internet is a utility or should be treated as such, right? Absolutely. So I'm not sure where the technology, um, where the Caribbean is in its um, adoption of this technology. What are the limitations? Is it even possible? So that's the first question. Is it in the Caribbean? Can it be in the Caribbean? And what are the um, obstacles or challenges yeah. the Caribbean will face? No, I, I, absolutely. And so let me start by saying that, you know, it's not, you know, you think about like the, the crawl, walk, run, a whole mantra. We have the, the technology is home now. The technology is when we think of the, the digicels and people back home having. I mean, that penetration that we see when we think about so many devices. I mean, people have one, two, three, four phones. I'm like, <laughs> right? Don't matter which part of the island. They all have these devices. So clearly there is connectivity. Now, when we think about 5G, and it's, to me, it's not just about 5G. I think when I go back to that whole crawl, right? We can leverage the technologies that we have now. And we can start, and maybe I shouldn't say we can start because maybe they have started. And I haven't really studied as much to know exactly in great details what's happening home and where are we with some of these technologies. But like anything else, 5G is here. It's here to stay. And I'm certain that Jamaica has already started on that path, right? So in terms of the infrastructure, and look at it this way, it's the foundation is the plumbing. We have 4G. We have some technologies right now that if we're thinking of sports and the Caribbean, we can start. And that is the crawl part. Maybe in some cases we can start to do some walking and then some running. But it doesn't have to be the 5G as we know it now because that obviously is still being built out. But we have enough right now where we can begin this journey. And I'm sure we'll talk more about what some of those things are. But to answer the question, absolutely. 5G, it's, you know, you, you have the radios, you have the the different manufacturers, just like we went, you know, when you and I were, you know, younger and the, the back in Jamaica, we never have the cell phones. And look at look at us now. Everybody have one or two or three phones. So we have an infrastructure right now where we can start. And 5G is just that next step. And yes, we can certainly get there. And in some cases, I'm sure they've started. Yes, I remember the days you go down to cable and wireless by the phone booths and you'd hold up space in there versus now everyone has. That's something. We've come <laughs> yeah. a long way, Karen. We've come a long, long way. way. Yes. Yeah. And even in um, track and field, because that's what I can talk about, remember just trying to watch the national trials in Jamaica and how the, ang the camera angle or the view was from way up in the top of the stadium to now where it's a little closer to the track. It doesn't have that motion sensor camera movement like what's in the U.S. or NFL, but hopefully it gets there soon. So I guess from for me now, the next question is, what are some of the opportunities based on the technology available? So let's say it'll take a little bit more for three right. um, 5G to get fully right. settled in the Caribbean. 
what are some opportunities that the Jamaica, the rest of the Caribbean can be doing now to right. ready themselves? Because it's about, I, it's a, I'm not as techy as you, but you also kind of have to test the limits of what you have in order to know, you know, what you can do. And I don't know if we're actually testing those limits. Oh, you're techy enough, Kurt. Trust me, I've heard you. <laughs> so here's the thing. There's no reason why we shouldn't be, be, be there right now. Because even if you think about 5G being as recent as maybe the last two or so years in terms of actual rolling out 5G in the U.S. and, and the like, you know, companies were already embarking, doing work in this space where it wasn't, it was still about the fan experience. It was still about a market. And I think we have to take a few steps back and decouple some of what's happening here. So when I think about us and when I go home and, you know, being someone who went to Monroe, schoolboy football, you go through the Dacosta Cup, the Manning Cup, right? And then you plateau, you get to this inflection point where you leave high school and then you're like, wait a minute. So now we're looking at the Premier League. And yes, we watch it, but from my purview, it's not the same as when you look at other professional leagues, let's say here in the U.S. So to me, there's a, there's a, I call it maybe sports economics. There is something that's missing and that's probably where we should start. So when we think about sports and the fact that, you know, we, we have some of the raw material, people love them sports and have them phones. Maybe it's a mindset shift that the, the schools themselves and then the Premier League teams themselves, they need to probably, and I won't say need to start thinking again because I don't know what they're doing, but if they've already started, maybe it's a, it's a continuum. But we don't have devices or we don't have these applications. I can't go home on my phone and pull up like a Monroe app and then being able to see all the games and, you know, someone will talk about the diaspora. I'm here. I would love to watch a lot of those games. Kerry, I can't watch the games. Let's let's talk about that because that is a source of, you know, the touch <laughs> Mokan a lot, not a little bit, a lot. So I can tell you the story, right? I mean, granted, technology has improved, but right. Usain Bolt mm -hmm. is just like that pivotal point where there was more interest in watching sports or track and field yeah. in particular in Jamaica. And boy, may I tell you, the ways we had to go about trying to watch a game or watch us try a meet or watch something. Listen, when did a Skype and the, like, I literally call friends in Jamaica, turn on Skype so they can turn the TV. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> like let's be creative use skype to watch tv in jamaica yeah, because we yes. we can't watch it and to be fair some of that is due to a particular network that owns the rights and because of that we can't watch it so there's that True. too True. right but mm -hmm. still for a while there was nothing in place mm -hmm. and then you talked about the fan experience right mm -hmm. if i want to go back Lord help my soul to watch D Cup from wherever is somebody right. bandoodle, you know, YouTube right. video. You have to go and try watching it grainy, grainy, because they were all the way up the top or far on the hill on Jarrett Park or something, yes. right? Yes. So that's all right. the you know, and it's not just in Jamaica, I'm pretty sure anywhere else in the Caribbean, right? You mm -hmm. you you don't have these, it's most of the fan videos that you're watching. Right. And so for us in the diaspora, it's so it's so hard because we know what's available and mm -hmm. we're just like we want to see, we want to be entertained. So going back to what you said, the fan experience, particularly since we're not in the region, 
the missed opportunity of engaging us as diaspora fans in growing the in sports. Spot uh, on. Yeah. Not only entertainment. Entertainment right. is a given, but I think there's yes. a missed opportunity, particularly in sports, that the Caribbean isn't really latching on to. So tell me a little bit about that. And particularly, and I add this one point, that fan experience in sports, because there's nothing like watching a football, aka soccer game in the Caribbean, especially or any sport for that mm-hmm. matter. How do we capture a fan experience where it's all about crowds and vibe <laughs> in a post-COVID world? Or uh, we're not are in this new new world order now. Yeah. yeah. No, it's listen, very, very good question, Karen. I, I sit here and um, rock my brain around this a lot because again, I feel like we're we're cut off and we can't get to the things that we're used to back home. And it's rich. So the first thing is to recognize that we have the raw material. We have the sports. We have the track and field, boys, champs, girls, champs. We have, there are so many, so many things, right? And uh, what, what I think it's, is missing is, again, I think it's a mindset shift. You know, and I, we, we have the technologies. We have the, and listen, it doesn't have to be 5G right now. And that's why I go back to that whole crawl thing. We have technologies right now that can help to solve some of these issues. So, I, it has to be a mindset uh, shift. It has to be a, a, an idea of a consortium and a and partnership and just bringing like-minded people together and realizing that, look, it, it's also a source of income. If you can actually, as a school, if you can, you know, let's just go to the simplest form, right? So as a school, you have your school teams, you do track and field, you do football, you do tennis and what have you. Right, you have a cameraman, Kerry. Even if it's not live things, right? You, know, you have a you, you ensure you have that um, th- that media part of the school Record where you capture. Re- thank you very much, my darling. Record keeping, it is so important, right? That's your history. That's all. That's your heritage. So you you capture that, and even if it's not something that is live right now, you have the record, and you can go back and do the post production as you know, and make it available in an app on a website. And guess what? If you need to now monetize, we can either subscribe, make it a subscription based model, or you use it and, you know, get your sponsors and, and monetize it in that way where you can then offer it for free. But, you know, your sponsors can then obviously play a role because you have the audience, you have the numbers. And again, you know, we know how that works. So that's in its simplest form. You scale that out now to all schoolboy football, school, whatever the case may be. And you now end up in an ecosystem where, guess what? Technology, again, the world is flat simple because of technology. I mean, I can't say right here is not watch something in China real time, right? So the technology has certainly removed that, those barriers for us. So you scale that, you've now built an ecosystem where we can now watch all these things. Now when the 5Gs and the technologies know that we, implement that gives us the wider highways right so we can go at lightning speed and we can do more sophisticated things like you know edge computing then we can get into more of all right now we can run and or we can walk and we can run we can now offer and enrich the experience and that to me is again when you think of over the top meaning on top of the network as the network improves as the plumbing improves you can do more and more and more 5g is here 6G will come soon. So again, we can start with what we have. And then I'd like to also just point out what's happening with the, <laughs> the professional 
uh, leagues, Kerry. You have to talk about that. If I go to like a Rutgers here, which I did, Rutgers and I go and say, I'm going to play some football and, you know, met the team and, you know, D1 and graduate now. And I'm like, you know what? Don't want to the engineering. I'm going to sign up with the, it's not the Metro Stars anymore. I think I forgot what, what, what was, was it the Red Bulls, whatever, New York Red Bulls. I can actually go and make a nice salary and get some fame and fortune and do very well. It doesn't seem to be the same. And maybe you can share your thoughts here too, because when you leave like a, a Monroe or a UA, you're not really thinking, you know what, I'm going to go play for Waterhouse or Reno or Seba if them teams still are available. Because there's something that's different. Those athletes are not athletes that we look on like we look on the athletes here, where it's fame and fortune and clothing line and all these different things. That to me is part of the economics and part of what we have to talk about as well as we think. Because we think NFL, look, the, the Jets are the MetLife Stadium. There's a, a billion dollar infrastructure those people have, content and sponsorship. They make bread and butter off that. And there's a gap at home right now. And to me, technology is there to help, but it's not the end all be all. You just kind of prips over to something <laughs> we talk about a lot. Where there's a whole economy, you know, I use basketball as an example, um, particularly when I'm doing podcasting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, they show up to see the, the coach and the players, but you have the stats guy, you have the announcer, That's you have right. the cheerleader, you have the people at the concession stand. You have all these things that make the NBA That's an experience, right? right? right. And right. right now, as in the Caribbean, they're they're working to get there, but I think COVID has accelerated our desire to see mm-hmm. that very quickly because now we know we could be in our living room and we can watch some fest. That's right. We can be in That's our right. living room. Yes. <laughs> you True. know, even True. before COVID, and I think some some fest was a really good example because the 2019 some fest, I laid in my living my, my sister-in-law <laughs> living room. I watched it the whole time. I was waiting until Butcher come out. So these experiences are there, but it's right. just what happens is, like you go, going back to what you said before, the apps with the different the replays, the different mm-hmm. angles, the instant things the fan can do to still engage in this event that's still happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I know what it's like to be in a live stage show and a boom tune, a boom <laughs> performance, and you're not even, oh, another artist, come on, you're still kind of in the, yeah, in the that space zone. of yeah. the previous artists and being able to experience that. And you know, it's going to take time. And I think it could be, and this makes sense now, it's money. What does mm-hmm. it take to set up an infrastructure? Do we need to upskill? Does Jamaica, the Caribbean have the human resources, mm-hmm. you know, the skills to work on these infrastructure? Like, I, I'm not assuming they don't, but I also don't know if that's right. available. And I think these are like, real conversations we need to have because COVID has taught the Caribbean you cannot be reliant on tourism. That's and correct. we have a budding sports tourism that that's not mm-hmm. fully no, tapped right. into. You're absolutely right. And or um, cultural industry that's not even fully appreciated, respected, and tapped into either where I feel like this technology would make a world of a difference. So mm-hmm. I don't know... Listen, anybody listening, reach out. Hey, Marlon, for the culture, like, I don't know, you know, because I'm sure it's costly, but it is. how do we get there, right? How do it, we get there? No, you're, you're absolutely right. And it's a, it's a loaded question and it, it's, it's a problem certainly to be solved. And one of the first things, you know, when you look at even 
the NFL and you look at those season tickets and the cost for those games, it, it, it's costly. You know, from a business standpoint, those folks have decided they're going to invest because they're going to reap the rewards. You understand? So we have to get into, you know, things like affordability. And uh, that's where I think the diaspora as an extension has to play a role because I don't know what I, I have. Again, I haven't done the economics and the research. I don't know what the average, like what's the average Jamaican. If you were to say, you know what, we'll build 14 brand new stadiums in the, in the 14 parishes that we have and you can do, it's a multifaceted stadium. So now you can do basketball because we're going to embark on a whole league, which we have already. Well, let's say we start and expand there as well. We have, you know, track and field and we have soccer and all these other sports, swimming, all of that. You know, you have to sustain that and you have to make a return on your investment. The question now becomes, do you, you carry as a, as an owner, would you go now back in Jamaica, go back to Montego Bay and say, you know what, you're going to invest in this multi-billion dollar infrastructure. Obviously, you have to get a return, but what does that, what does that math look like? What does the economics look like? What can they afford? How often do we have enough to sustain that where you can obviously stay out of the red, stay in the black, as we're saying, in economic terms and make a profit. And when I look at it here, it again goes back to the economics because when you look at some of these games, $400, $500, thousands of dollars, just for even uh, a Super Bowl. Super Bowl ticket, it's as someone is rent mortgage for a couple of months, if you, you know what I mean? So it's a very important discussion to be had because public-private partnership plays a big role there, a huge role. You know, we, we can't rely on government for everything. But then we have to now turn to our entertainers. And like I said, music is our thing. Maybe our entertainers need to start, you know, we need to start tapping on those resources. And it solves some of the, the socioeconomic issues that we're having as well because you now you get into employment and you can provide, you know, services and, and the list goes on and on. So it's really something that we have to unpack and unravel, but it's a good place to start. And again, the diaspora is an extension. We don't have to physically be there to help it in terms of um, the monetary contributions. We're willing to do a lot of things. We just need a way and an opportunity. What you said is, man, I need to have you in a conversation <laughs> with my friend Michaela because we have these off-air yeah, right, conversations, right? And, yeah. Um, so we're not going mud the audience with those off-air conversations. Okay. But you, you made a good point. And maybe it's not economical to build a multi-purpose stadium. Mm -hmm. But based off my experience when I went back to Jamaica for Buju's return concert, yes, just big up. We were there. <laughs> but anyway, another yeah. story. Keep another going. story, right? <laughs> yeah, man. It was all the conversations around equipping the national stadium to be able to hold yes. an event like this, right? Yes. Like, how do we, because, you know, there's been a lot of complaints, again, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that the stadium that was built out in Trelawney for the Cricket World Cup is underutilized as well, right? Yes, heard that too. Yes. So a lot of, and again, this could be happening in other arenas and stadiums and public places in the Caribbean, but how do we maximize these places for events? Can we do social distanced type events? I, I, I know. And then again, we are also thinking of the diaspora experience. So you're mm -hmm. right. We need to look at our infrastructure, look at how we can enhance mm -hmm. the experience. Because while I was at the national stadium, God help us signal to come in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? You had self? Oh, wow. Yes. I, 
no signal. I could record everything oh, wow. on my phone, but it was not until yes, I left. Yes. You know, because remember, for anyone who's not familiar with Jamaica's National Stadium, on the field, you are below, it's almost like below grade. You're down, down flat. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. The, the Wi-Fi or whatever right, signal. And right. then stadium was packed. So everybody is pulling into this bandwidth to get some kind yeah, of... Yeah, you make a good point. You know, so and, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to jump in on that too because, like, I talk with my dad daily. You know, we're like brethren. Like, Daddy, what happened? We're eating for lunch today. What's happening? We eat for breakfast. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. And if he's in the office, great. Sometimes if he's on the road, I'm like, where are you? Hopewell and or wherever and lose the signal, right? To your point, being at the National Stadium for the Bujibantan concert, you couldn't get the signal. That, you know, it's something that we can all relate to. And I want to say, and again, can't speak for the carriers, the, the cellular carriers down there. I know we have a terrain, mountainous, right? That's that's our island, and I'm sure across the Caribbean as well. But that is something that we really have to solve. I And this is where the idea of a consortium comes in. Because like even Verizon right now building out 5G, 5G is not being built the same way by everyone. So what engineers and physicists and these researchers have done is they've looked at different ways in which one to get coverage, one, you know, two to get the repeatability, three to, you know, ensure that the physical or the physics, the properties of a wider scale solution, all these things come to bear, gives a cohesive solution, right? And they're not just doing it by themselves. They're working with the folks in Asia, the top lead, the leaders, the, the carriers, and, you know, even in Africa. And the idea is how do you bring about the thought leaders and put the best foot forward, right? I don't know how we do it back home. Everyone can relate. We do things, well, I'll go back and say a few things. You want to go fast, go by yourself. And you want to go far, right? You go with everybody. Okay. You need you need your people. And it gets into this idea of the siloed. I'm not saying this is what we do back home, but sometimes I think we fall victim of just being in this siloed mindset. We have to get into this this new world order now of the technology and crowdsourcing. You have to form these consortiums, get the ideas, get the thought leader. It doesn't have to be in your own department or company because it's for the greater good. And when I look at how we're building out 5G, that's exactly what Verizon is now doing. I'm sure other companies may be doing the same thing. But back home to Jamaica and the technologies, why is it 4G, 3G? We have the terrain, but there are people across the globe and world that are solving these problems. So we need to tap into these resources, tap into the Marlin Angwins and others across the world. And let's get, we want to be home. We want to help. And we have to open up those doors. So we think of maybe the ministry. I don't know if this is a, a quasi-government type solution, ministry, public with private sector, but we, we have to get into that mindset. We have to start to figure it out now. Because, you know, Kerry, once the plumbing is right, man, I'm telling you, over the top, there's so many things. Let me touch another one. Education, COVID, as you talk about education, where kids are home right now doing what? Like, I remember I just read something two weeks ago, Monroe College had to shut down the boarding institution because about 20-something kids ended up being diagnosed with, with um, positive COVID test results. You go back home, you're in these terrains, and we, you know it's there. Mountains, you know, Cribbis and Khan at Jamaica, that's where we are. <laughs> How does the technology extend to that? And the things like basic education, as an example, let alone sports and technology. Yeah, yeah. 
Thank you so much, Marlon, for this conversation. We go on and on. As soon as I stop recording, we have sh- there are a couple of things that you know. we have to connect. Yeah. And I'm loving that you're doing this too, because this is this is meaningful and it is thoughtful, purposeful. And it's stepping aside from the day to day. Like I'm going to work next week doing a bunch of other cool stuff, but we're talking Jamaica, we're talking our community, we're talking the island, the Caribbean, and it's a it's a worthy conversation to be had. Yes, yes. It's we all want to participate and build our society and culture. Yes, because we have indeed. this love for it. And so however way we can. So for me, it's introducing other people, introducing cool people like you <laughs> to the audience. And oh, thank you. you know, so <laughs> and by the way, another plug. It's not just the NFL this year. No, we're being asked to do NFL, NBA, NHL. The World Cup is coming to North America next time around. We have to get ready. Yeah. So you know what I mean? Can't wait to take some of these ideas and apply it to home and elsewhere. Yes, Marlon, thank you so much. This was such a great conversation. This was this is almost meta, as the kids say. <laughs> is that what they say? Because I'm not familiar with that term. Listen, people. listen, I just discovered what it means. <laughs> like it's we went very deep. So mostly, you know, but it, it's an important conversation yes. to have the technology, you know, in the Caribbean. Yeah. I've seen um, Prime Minister Mia Motley of Barbados, who's talked about this need okay. for the Caribbean to, and I'll and I'll send you that offline about the Caribbean and what we need to do to invest in technology. So I know that there's these conversations, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you know, of course, we can't throw out our traditional technologies. But how do we leverage bauxite and tourism and oh, all of this all right. to build the infrastructure we right. need on technology? Because after this, I will tell you. <laughs> all right. So everyone, thank you so much for listening. I hope you really enjoy this. If you have any questions or if you have any ideas or thoughts about technology, I know you've heard all the stories about, you know, what kids go through during COVID, what's happening in the region. You know, send me an email. Hello at Carry On Friends. And like I I love to see at the end of the show what good the carry on friends podcast is produced by breadfruit media and new episodes are available every other tuesday morning you can listen to the podcast on the website carryonfriends.com or you can listen on apple podcast itunes or wherever you like to listen to your podcast You've been listening to Carry On Friends, a show about the Caribbean American experience produced by Breadfruit Media. We post a new episode every two weeks on Tuesday. And if you're looking to learn more, buy our merch or sign up for a newsletter, check out carryonfriends.com or find us on all social media platforms at Carry On Friends.